Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message today is the first lesson read from 1 Samuel chapter 3, the call of Samuel. And so, people are not always really good at listening. Um, this was illustrated by Franklin Delano Roosevelt as president. You know, he had to stand in line and shake a lot of hands and greet people. He was convinced that no one was listening to him. So he decided to do a little experiment. One day when he had to get in one of these lines, as people were coming through, he tells them, he kind of murmurs to them, I killed my grandmother this morning. And to that, people responded, marvelous, good job, well done. You're doing so, such good things, God bless you. Obviously, no one was listening until the ambassador from Bolivia came by. And rather, uh, rather non-pulse, he just whispered, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> but doesn't that illustrate that, that the truth that, that people don't listen the way that they should? We struggle with listening. How well do you listen? And the real test would be to ask your spouse, or to ask your parents, or to ask your children. We'll find out how well you listen. We, we all struggle with that. And we struggle with listening not only to the people around us, we struggle with listening to the Lord. And we see an episode of that in the Old Testament lesson. God is calling to Samuel, but Samuel doesn't quite get it at first. So we're going to go back over this text and, and see this calling and see how it is that he comes to understand that the Lord is calling him. We're going to be reminded of how we are called to listen and how our Lord enables us to listen and why the Lord wants us to listen. So we go back to the beginning of the text. The young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Understand, this is a time of transition for Israel. Um, the, the book prior to 1 Samuel was the book of Judges. It's a period in time in which there was a cycle that went on, that God's people were blessed by the Lord, but they forgot. They rebelled and they worshipped other gods. God brought judgment against them. They cried out to God for, for relief. God raised up a judge to set them free, and then they were doing well again. And then that cycle would repeat. And it would repeat with people like Samson and also Gideon and others. And so now we're moving into a period of time in which a king is about to be set as, as the leader. And there's a transition of leadership even within that. Eli, who is their priest, is their leader. But he's getting old, as the text says, whose eyesight had gone, begun to grow dim. He was no longer able to tend the light. That's why he's in his own place and Samuel's by the lamp in the tabernacle. And the sons of Eli had abused their position, had offended God. They're not going to take over for Eli. Or, or for, for Eli. And so now a new leader is being raised up. And that new leader is Samuel. Now keep in mind who Samuel was. Samuel was the son of Hannah. Hannah was barren. She prayed desperately to God to give her a son. God gave her Samuel, and she dedicated him to the Lord. Once he was weaned, she brought him to the temple to serve the Lord. And that's what we see in our text, that, that, that we see Samuel, who was there, lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And as the author tells us, that the lamp had not gone out, 
Samuel started to take over even as a child the duties of Eli who could not do it anymore. To tend to the light of God. A transition is taking place. But notice as this transition is described, God is the one who's in control. God is still present. God was present as he brought them out of Egypt into the promised land. God was present as they went through the judges. God was present with Eli. Now God is going to be present with, with Samuel. God is going to be with his people as it's reminded with that ark even through the chimes of change, God does not. He is faithful. He's going to raise up a new leader. This is important for us to know, right? Because do you ever face transition? We, we all face transition. Uh, how do you like that? How do you like change in your life? Most of us are kind of hesitant to, with transition and change. We're not really comfortable with it. And we're not comfortable with it because we're not in control of the change. The change itself is a reminder that we're not in charge. We're not in control. We're comfortable when we have, know what's going to take place, when, when it relies upon us. But when it doesn't, we're not comfortable. We might even wonder. We might doubt. We might even worry about the future. And there's so much for us to worry about, Right? Ever worry about our nation and what's going on and the changes? Ever worry about the church and the changes you see uh, across Christendom? Ever worry about your family and the changes that you see there? These are all things that, that we worry about. And, and as we look at this text, we are to be reminded, God's the one in control. He's the one in charge. Even as things transition, even as things change, the constant we have is the Lord in his presence. And the Lord who is present with his love, he will provide for his people. He will raise up leaders. He will continue to be in charge. And that's what we see unfolding. And we see it as now God calls Samuel. We go back to the text. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again Samuel. Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So God's calling Samuel, but he doesn't understand. Samuel's in the tabernacle in the presence of God, the call is clear, right? Samuel, Samuel. It's clear who is calling, yet Samuel doesn't recognize the call. He thought it was Eli. He runs to Eli three times thinking Eli is the one. So where's the problem? Often in communication we think it's the one that's speaking is the problem. But that's not always the case, right? Sometimes it's the one hearing that's the problem. Isn't that the case here? Is the problem with the Lord? Certainly not. The call is clear. But the problem is with Samuel. What we have the problem with Samuel is Samuel wasn't used to this. We were told by the text that the word of the Lord had not been revealed. Samuel wasn't used to hearing from God. This is coming out of nowhere in his mind, so he's not able to recognize the call. He's not used to hearing the voice of the Lord. So when the voice of the Lord comes, he doesn't recognize it. And as we do this, and as we heard the gospel lesson, we are reminded that God calls his people, 
And God calls you. It may not be exactly as Samuel that way. I don't know how many of you heard God calling your name at night last night. God doesn't call exactly the same way, but he calls you. There are some similarities. Notice again, God called Samuel where? In the temple. Near the ark of God. That's highlighted for a reason. The ark is the presence of God. God was present where the ark was. And so God this morning calls you. He calls you in his word. Because God's made a promise. Wherever his word is found, he is found. And his calling is clear. His word comes to you today and tells you of your need for a savior. It points out your sinfulness and your failure to live as you should. And he tells you that you need a savior and who that savior is, that that savior is Christ. The word of God couldn't be clearer. That in Christ and in Christ alone you find salvation. You find the one who died for you, who rose for you, and brings you life and salvation. Follow him. He's the one you are to follow. And with that follow, call to follow, there is a promise. That he will watch over you, that he will lead you, that he will bless you. But again, we struggle with that call to follow. But is the problem with the Lord who's calling you? Or with you and your listening? Again, we don't always listen well. Sometimes we don't listen well because we don't necessarily want to hear what the other person is saying. Sometimes we don't want to hear what the Lord has to say. When the Lord tells us of an evil of a Savior, what is he telling us? That we have failed. That, that we haven't lived as we should. Who amongst us likes to be criticized? Who amongst us likes to be told that we're wrong? Who amongst us likes to be told that we fail? Do we really like that? The other thing that we don't like to hear is we don't like to be told that we've got to follow another will. We, we like to follow our own will. We've got our own plans, our own ideas. We want to follow our own things. And to listen to the Lord is to be told to set aside your will and to focus on the will of God. Our, our very nature wants to resist it. But the final problem that we sometimes have is we're not listening enough. We can only hear the Lord as we listen to him. Our ears need to be trained to the voice of God. Are you listening to him? Are you worshiping? Are you in his word? That's the only way in which we can really recognize the word of the Lord is by recognizing, by being in the word and hearing that word and knowing that voice and knowing what that voice has to say. We can be led astray by, by false prophets, by false teachers, if we are not grounded in the true word of God. So sometimes our failure to hear is our failure to listen, to know God's word. But let's go to the final section. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling out his other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Samuel finally hears the Lord. Finally, Eli figures out what's happening. Eli recognizes that it's the Lord that is calling Samuel. And so he tells him how he's supposed to listen. It's really rather simple. He says, say to the Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant listens. He's telling Samuel to be quiet. 
and then to listen. And to listen to all that God would say. You know, one of the struggles that we have in listening is that it takes humility to listen. We need to humble ourselves to listen. Before the Lord, that is true. Notice it isn't significant that Eli told Samuel to say, your servant. This is a statement of humility, setting aside the idea that he has any perceived ideas or notions of knowledge, that he's willingly listening to the Lord. And he's willingly listening to the Lord so that he can then act upon it. There's humility in doing this. But it wouldn't be easy. If you continue to read the rest of the chapter, you'll see that what the Lord tells Samuel is rather hard. He tells Samuel that Eli and his family is getting judged. He's supposed to announce that to Eli. That's not something Samuel wants to tell Eli. In fact, Eli has to force him to say it. Tell me everything that the Lord has said. Don't leave anything out. So again, the listening isn't always easy. But our Lord calls you to listen. He calls me to listen. That we are to be silent before the Lord and to focus on his word and his message. And we are to be prepared to listen to the whole message. All that God says. Not just the things we like. Not just the things we want to hear. But everything. To, to, to build us up. To convict us. To, to remind us. And also listening to the scriptures involves humility. That, that again, to listen to God is to listen to the word of God. To open up the scriptures. Because that's where he has been promised to, find, to be found. And we hope we approach the scriptures humbly. We set aside our pride. You know, sometimes it's difficult when we come to a familiar passage. Because we think, oh, I've heard it before, I know it all. But our Lord calls us to set that aside. To open our hearts and our ears to hear this time, once again, what the word of God has to say. Not what we think God's word has to say. To be shaped by his word, not by our thoughts. To set aside our perceived preconceived expertise and to rely upon the Lord. Because true understanding, the true listening comes from God. To rely upon His Spirit to open our hearts and our ears and allow our Lord to speak. And in our humility, we are to be open to His instruction and, in, and open to putting it into action. Again, the direction might not always be what we want, but in humility we set aside our own will our own agenda, and willfully listen to the word of God so that we might be directed in our words and actions by him. That we go forward from that word and live out what that word tells us and rely upon him. You know, generally speaking, as we conclude, listening is a skill. It's a skill we can learn with patience, with humility, with love. But listening when it comes to the Lord is more than a skill. It grows out of faith. And we are to keep in mind, there's a reason why the Lord wants you to listen. He wants to open up your ears and your heart to everything that he has to say. He wants your ears and heart to hear of him and his love for you. He wants you to hear his promise of the salvation that he has won, the salvation that he has secured for you. He wants you to hear that you are forgiven and loved no matter what the sin, no matter your failure to listen or whatever sin you want to put in there, it's been taken care of. He wants you to hear and to know that you are His. He wants you to hear and know that you are His tomorrow 
and you are his forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds through faith, life everlasting. Amen.